This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. In the developments today with regards to Graham Brewster being at Sheffield United, um, just wondered, obviously a player with huge potential, what was it about the timing or the deal that makes it right to sell at this point? Uh, is it? Is it? <laughs> uh, very funny. So only because reading a newspaper, that doesn't mean things are confirmed. So I cannot respond to things from the newspaper or whatever. So I'm sorry. Why the news? Oh, sorry. <laughs> whatever, wider news. But I cannot. Um, it's not. Nothing is um, announceable. <laughs> so let me say it like this. So I cannot. And say anything about that? I'm sorry. Maybe the press conference too early or, or anything, but we cannot move the press conference now. Maybe mm. if I keep you talking for a bit longer, you might have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask about other outgoings potentially. I know again you were faced questions last night about Jordan Shakiri, but um, more generally, how many players do you expect to leave before the deadline? <laughs> No number, no numbers. It's just about, look, in general, in general about these the things. Yeah, transfer windows are obviously from a um, media person point of view or supporters point of view are mainly about um, who you bring in, stuff like this. But of course, a squad um, is, is, is the most important thing in a football club because it's um, working with the boys, giving the boys the opportunity to, to play, um, giving the boys the opportunity uh, or the, the feeling that they are really needed, that they're in the right place, that they can develop in, not only in training but in games as well. And so we, we have to try to find solutions for and for different personal situations. And that's what we try. Um, we, we, we really try to help the players to do the right thing. And um, that can be sometimes alone and sometimes it means that a boy goes to another club and, and the other club wants to buy him. So there's nothing, uh, there's nothing to do, it's not to do with the number or how many players I think I can work easily with 24, 25 players for a long, long season. That's not a problem. Um, but if the player doesn't feel comfortable in the situation, like fi- fighting for the place or doesn't see the perspective, um, sometimes rightly so, sometimes not. And then we have to talk. And these kind of talks, that's what ha- what's going on in the moment. Um, but like always. Uh, and then in the end, you will get the result or the decision <laughs> in the moment when it's, when it's done. And um, there's, how I said, there's nothing to announce now, but sometimes it's just better for a player to go somewhere else and, 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 and have get more game time. Completely normal. Last question, Ben. Thank you. Uh, yeah, just one more then on the handball rules, because I know it's caused a lot of frustration and particularly the ones, uh, the penalties that have been given. Um, I think I'm right in saying that clubs, certainly managers and captains have been unanimous in kind of their, um, I suppose, upset at the way the rules have been interpreted this year. I know that the Premier League and the referees are going to change their interpretations slightly this weekend. What do you hope that will achieve? Do you want to see changes? I mean, how have you seen the situation this season so far with some of the penalties that have been given specifically? Look, I think what we all what we all wanted to have is uh, with VAR is, is clarity, just having the right decision. And so it's really I think it's really important that we that we that we keep 
the rules as simple as possible and um, and make it not more complicated. You know, like you have to VR, everybody can see the situation five, six times, and in the end, it's still, <laughs> it ends up still with a discussion. It was a handball, it was no handball, and that, that makes no sense. I think there's still some work to do. To, 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 until we find there really the clarity. But I, I mentioned already after, I think though I didn't speak about it last night, but at the, at the weekend, that the, the offside rule, it's not a rule, but it's uh, how, how we interpret um, offside or how we handle offside in the moment is, is not too cool as well, because just we wait in too many situations, in my understanding, too long until we, we raise the flag, even when it's clear. I get the reason for it, but it was just when it was, um, when we didn't have VAR, I, I really thought that the, the refs did a brilliant job and that it's incredibly difficult to do the job, especially with offside, and they did really well. And now we just, um, okay, let it run and then we will see uh, what we are say. So that there are obviously still um, there's still space for improvement, and with handball 100%. Because with all the adjust, uh, adjustments, what we are doing now for the weekend, Eric Dyer's handball was would have been still a handball, which was the most discussed handball I think in the last few weeks. And so it's obviously still not not exactly how how the football people think it should be, um, but we cannot change that in the short term anyway not and so we have to we have to deal with it and um and i hope not too many but there's, there's still space for some tricky and 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 strange decisions in the future i what i can say and what i know the refs don't want to do that but they have to stick to the rules and and the rules are um obviously that the eric dyer situation is a handball so we all have to accept that in the moment thank you okay hugh from PRP. No, I think because you've got your headphones in here, we can't hear you. I think there's always some issue with Zoom for that. <coughs> there we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Fire away. Uh, Jürgen, afternoon. I, ben was talking about players leaving. I was just wondering about the players that have come in and, and the process that you have to integrate them into the team. How has that been changed, helped, hindered by the first four or five weeks of the season and how you haven't had a normal pre-season? The new players, or what? What? What do you mean? What? The players that you've brought in, the, yeah. the new players that you've signed. Yeah, that was all not uh, the, the 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 easiest process. Let me say like this for different reasons. Costas, uh, um, Timikas um, is now injured, um, obviously, which is not helpful um, in, in, uh, to integrate. But he is on a personal level. He was integrated after three minutes, I would say, because he's this type of guy. Um, Thiago, very, very well uh, started. Yeah, integration happened on a personal level immediately. On a football level, it started pretty well, but was a, is of course a process that's clear. Um, cannot be part of the team now as well for, for other reasons. Um, and Diogo had only a few sessions and now uh, one and a half games pretty much. And looks really promising, but of course it needs time. Like It always needs time. So it, what I, my, my ideal situation is to bring in players on the first day of the preseason, have a full preseason, which is a five, six week preseason. I know I will never have that again, but uh, let me dream at least for a second and then um, work together um, with the boys and, and work on different things, systems, all that stuff. And now during a season, you have to just do that in the coach's office or in, 
in uh, in the analyze room and stuff like this to 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 yeah to keep it as simple as possible but to make it as clear as as necessary as well the the just the different ways of football because we all all teams play different football and even if some things are similar um some things are for sure different and to make that natural for the boy that takes time that's all okay one more here and just on yeah, just on Villa, they, they've done something similar to, to you, that they had a, a huge significance achievement at the end of last season, and they've managed to maintain that momentum, winning their first two games of the season so far. I know you talked about attacking the title rather than trying to defend it, but how much have you spoken about trying to improve from last season rather than just, as we say, resting on your laurels? If you really want to attack the title this year, we have to improve because all the others will improve as well. And I really think that the Premier League clubs did, uh, from a football point of view, a really, really good business so far. So um, how I see it, all teams got stronger during the transfer period uh, with the signings they made. And Aston Villa is one of these teams, 100%. Um, I think Traore and Barclay are two top, top, top signings, um, which will really help them. Um, other teams like Everton improved massively and all these kind of things. So we have to improve that we can have, be in a similar position um, as last year. Otherwise, we have no chance. That's completely normal. So it's not new for us. We, 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 that's the, uh, the need we know about since, since I'm in. Actually, it has nothing to do with the sit with the position in the last year's table. It's just the situation. Other teams will improve, and if you want to improve your own situation, you have to make big steps, and that's what we try all the time. And um, one one of these steps is for sure um, keeping consistency. Very very important. But how can you be consistent only by performing on your highest level? And um, that's what we try to do. And because of the number of games in a shorter period of time um, that must happen in different lineups and so that's something we have to make sure that we are able to do that the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo i know you see him in training every day but last night we were given a, another reminder about how good curtis jones is uh, he's been given a, an under 21 england call as well for the first time, how much pleasure do you take from the progress that he's making? A lot, a lot. Um, it's and it's a improvement and development on different levels, on a personal level, on a football level, um, which is really nice. Um, being around when 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 a young, when a big, big, big talent, young talent, um, grows up pretty much um, and matures over the time. So it's really nice to be around, and um, that's what I enjoy a lot. Um, and Curtis, I have to say, is is just a is a is a proper proper part of this squad, which is really already um, an achievement. If you want nothing, you want to tell your grandkids from um, because if it's the best thing you ever did in your life, it's not so nice. But for for the age group he's in, it's really it's it's massive, and um, nobody would have a, a bad sleep the night before the game if I tell them um, Curtis will start tomorrow in whichever Premier League game. So that's good news. And from that, for that, uh, from that perspective, I have to say it's complete, for me completely logical that he um, is in a U21 squad for England um, because he's just ahead of his age group, I would say. Um, and so U21 is exactly the team he should play for um, England in the moment. And just your reaction, please, to the Champions League group draw uh, that was made yesterday. 
Yeah, it's a group. So it looks for me, without having massive information in the moment, you can imagine that I, 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 I don't know now um, all about all the games which uh, Michelin played last year. But what I can say, all the teams in the Champions League, who are in the Champions League, in, in, who are in the, in the draw, actually, um, they're there for one reason. They're really good football teams. And that's the, that's the main thing, the most important thing to know. Um, Atlanta in the last couple of years is for sure um, was the surprising team in Italy. And meanwhile, they, are, they settled in that position, started really well again. Ajax is, is famous for sensational um, youth development and football. Yes, they lost, I think, at least one or two players, but they brought experience in in the last few years. They changed the philosophy maybe slightly, but it's always about football. Um, so it's a very, very interesting group. And um, yeah, let's see. I've, I'm, I can't wait actually because next week I have time um, to make to analyze the, the opponents, and uh, which is necessary because after national break we play them one of them immediately, um, at least. And so um, we will need that time, and um, I, I can't wait actually because it's it's interesting. They, are, they have all different um, different ways, and and um, so yeah, let's let's make sure that we are ready for them. But um, that's all I can say in the moment. Thank you. Okay, um, Carl. Hi, Jürgen. Can I just ask you about Curtis and, and the younger players? Can I just ask you, he's, as you said, made his Premier League debut. He's, he's now an established player in, in your squad for Premier League matches. On the flip side, Rian Bruce has not managed to, to make that step to the Premier League. I'm just wondering, is that just a victim of circumstance with his injury and the fact that you've got such, such quality on the forward line? Or is, it, is there something else that sort of has hindered his progress? Yeah, of course, always a situation. But I don't. He couldn't make it here so far. So that's that's pretty much the only. The, 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 it's one information. But he made big steps in his development, and, and Rian was really, really seriously injured. So um, and the first and foremost, we had to make sure that he that he will be ready again for for all the demands of professional football. And he is one hundred percent. He trains now for a while. He played a really good. Um, Half of the season, I would say, around about uh, at Swansea, was re really impressive. Came here, um, scored for us in the preseason. Could see he made big steps. So, and if it's not about development, um, when we say, okay, come on, just if Kurt, uh, if Rian would be now 25, 26, and I would say, okay, you can stay, work for your chance, and then we, and, and then we will see. So then don't say I didn't say he can stay. It's just for it's a different if a different situation if when you are younger to that that. That um, a player like Rian in his position up front there um, makes now the next steps and uses the time he lost during the serious injury. Uh, it, it's possible that uh, that a move to another club um, is is uh, would make sense. But how said, um, I don't know exactly what what will happen there. Um, if Rian stays here, he's part of the squad as well, like like Curtis, exactly in the same way. And then it's about um, yeah, earning game time, and you'd earn game time in trainings and in the minutes you get. That's it. And just another one. Um, we know the players who are not going to be fit for the weekend. I think there's only Hendo who maybe could be available. Can you update us on, on what his situation is? Yeah, Hendo um, will be part of parts of the training today. So we'll start with us warming up, maybe some passing, maybe Rondo, we will see um, as a first step. So he is symptom 
Oh, I shouldn't use that word. So he has absolutely no issues. <laughs> Muscle, sorry. Um, it's all fine. He's, he's not injured anymore. Um, and now we have to make sure that he can make the next step. What that, what that means for, for the weekend, I don't know. Um, but um, I was in close contact with um, Gareth Southgate. And um, it's, it's clear that he will use the time with the, with the national team for, for getting match fit. Because Hendo had like four or five days normal preseason before he played the first game for us. Because of the situation we were in. Um, played in Chelsea, got this little injury, which was really not serious. But he's now obviously working on, on, on his physical um, um, things already for a few days. But now football, more football specific, important with us and then with the national team. And then we will have minutes, I think, with for England, uh, which is then a proper win-win situation. That's, I'm really happy about that. Thank you, Carl. Uh, Kieran Canning, which I think is going to be the last one in the open as it stands, and no one else used hands up, no one goes to the first embargo. Kieran finishes. Uh, hi, Urban. After Sunday, we obviously have another international break. Do you have any extra concerns about your players going all over the world at the moment, given the situation and given what uh, FIFA did yesterday and tinkering the regulations a little bit? Um, will you definitely be releasing all your players to go on international duty that have been called up? <laughs> Look, I don't want to. I really don't want to sound disrespectful. And how we all know, we don't know. We don't know too much or about what other countries are doing and stuff like this. But um, I think how how everybody in the moment um, you want to have your family around you. If you, if you if your son or daughter asks you, can I travel there or there, you would say, oh, I'm not sure if that's the right moment. And it's a little bit like it is with a football player. So you want to keep them. Um, I don't say that this is the safest place in the world, but it's um, the, the place we know at least, um, and we know how to deal with the different situations. Which the different scenarios. Um, so yes, I'm slightly concerned, obviously, um, because it's 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 just difficult to get in contact um, with all FAs all over the world, and um, it's I I understand 100 percent the um, the demands on FAs as well, and um, and uh, UEFA, FIFA, and all that stuff. I really understand that, but um, and I know how difficult the situation is for everybody, but it's just not exactly perfect let me say like this um the informations we 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 get from from some um fas is just not you don't know exactly in the end as a football club you it's pretty often that you that you you are then pretty alone in these moments because we sent the players away Premier League and and um the tv broadcasters give us a a, a challenge on top because they just don't care um, um, if our players play on Wednesday night in Peru, for example, they still think uh, it's a good idea to let us play on Saturday pretty early, stuff like this. These are all our problems. If they would use now normal flights, then they arrive at Friday afternoon and we play Saturday maybe 12-something uh, against Everton. It's just these kind of things are just okay. But in these moments as a club, you are completely alone. Supporters of other clubs especially say, yeah, what do you want? You moan constantly. I don't moan. It's, I know it's difficult. It's just, I really think, and it's not, we cannot say now, UEFA, FIFA, FA, stuff like this. But here in their own country, the, the Premier League and the TV broadcaster don't care. It's the same. So as a football club, you are alone in this moment. So you have to make sure that you bring the players home in the most, the quickest and the most safe way. 
because nobody helps you. It's not that uh, any FA asks, tells you, okay, we pay the private plane or whatever. This, this is the situation uh, we are in. So that's one thing. And then they arrive on Friday, and then we have to see if we make a test and if we get a result until the Saturday after that. So it's just, it's really tricky. So we try everything to make, to make it right and to, to make it as safe as possible. But from time to time, a little bit more help would not be bad. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.